And I look at the partners and I look at the caddies and I'm like, okay, am I horrible? But was that just not the most awesome thing I've ever seen? <laughs> like I just saw Wild Kingdom. I saw a nature special on number 10. Shut, shut up, up and sit down. down. Inside Wisconsin is brought to you by Baycare Clinic. What's up, Wisconsin? From the Inside Wisconsin Studios, my name is Trevor Thomas, and back in his Inside Wisconsin studio, the one and only John Anderson. John, how are your travels, my man? Here I am in all my splendor back home in my Bucky Don't Care t-shirt from when we were runners-up at the NCAA tournament in Indianapolis. So yeah. uh, that's good. Travels are good. We're back. We're back for a while, and then we got to travel again. Uh, I don't know. I think I've told you that. I got to go to Tokyo. I'm going to go do the Olympics. Very excited. Uh, the international broadcast feed um, of the um, uh, of the track and field, the opening ceremonies. Going to do some three on three basketball, uh, which I should be really excited about. But right now, I am completely overwhelmed with trying to do research. So, um, but temporarily, I'm home. I'm in the Connecticut studio. Uh, what has thrown me for a loop, though, and has made me uncomfortable, even though I'm back and not is what the hell are you wearing? Where's the oh. flannel shirt? <laughs> I knew it was great approach. Did you raid a pro shop or what the hell? Probably should have given you a heads up that I wasn't going to rock a flannel today. It's a golf show, man. So our friends at old fashioned golf. Yeah. These are little States of Wisconsin on here. This is an incredible shirt. We'll get you one. We'll get you one. You can rock it next time. Old fashioned golf.com. Yeah. It's really old fashioned golf.com. And those things are, that's the state of Wisconsin. These are little states of Wisconsin on here. This, I'm colorblind. I believe this is the Brewers colors that I have on today. <laughs> I, I have a shirt that is also the Packers colors. I know they come in the Bucks colors and other okay. shirts as well. Oldfashionedgolf.com. We're thankful that they sent a shirt. We'll get you one. You can rock it next time. Uh, I like it, man. It's breathable. It feels good. You ripped on me last time because it was yeah. so damn hot down here with the flannel on. I'm it's, rocking the flannel. Yeah, it's actually orange and fuchsia, but don't worry about that. What? Uh, it it looks terrific, and uh, it is perfect, like you said, because we are joined today by Andy North, who, in addition to being a two-time U.S. Open champ, is just just the nicest man in the world, which is ridiculous, right? I say that we get that all the time when Wisconsin people come on here, but like this guy might really be on the Mount Rushmore of nice Wisconsin people, yeah. um, in addition to be a hell of a golfer. Um, and a great analyst at ESPN and a great friend. And um, I have no doubt he will regale us with stories of the U.S. Open that, that just concluded and his time on tour and then just his love um, for the University of Wisconsin and all things Badgers. This is literally going to be an entire show of educating Trevor, isn't it? Because I was barely alive when he was in his prime. This should be fun. Yeah, Let's won the U.S. Open in 78, won the U.S. Open in 85. So, yeah, you were two. But I'm just going to tell you this, okay? When the Packers won their last Super Bowl with Lombardi, yeah. I was also two. But I can name a lot of guys on that team. I'm not afraid to go back and learn <laughs> about it. I'm just saying. All right, then I will shut up this episode and just do a bunch of learning. We're happy to have him, Andy North, on Inside Wisconsin. Shut up and sit down. And here he is. 
from Madison, just back from the U.S. Open, is Andy North, two-time winner of that championship. And um, Andy, I, I'm not sure that the golf tournament was a super great one. Torrey Pines was good, but uh, clearly John Rahm was terrific, a, a deserved champion, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I, he was my pick at the beginning of the week, so I, I was really pleased uh, the way he handled things. I just thought that he was uh, on a mission. Uh, I thought he handled the whole COVID thing beautifully, and I'm a big believer in karma and, and good things happening when people do things the right way. And the guy's a great player. He's going to win a ton of majors, and he's he is really, really going to be here for a long time and be t- a guy that's going to be hard to beat. Mm-hmm. I love that John talks about how you won that tournament twice, Andy. And and John has this thing at the beginning of the show when we certainly launched inside Wisconsin a few months back, as I share with you off the air. He says, Andy North is every bit the Badger, even though he didn't play here. And I it made me think, how did you get so good at golf growing up in Wisconsin? Because, I mean, this isn't exactly, as John puts it, the golf capital of the world. It, that's kind of an interesting story. I got into the golf completely by accident. Um I was in seventh grade. I had a bone disease, osteochondritis dissecans, and I had to go with non-weight bearing for two years. I was on crutches for two years. Um, and I took, I went to my trusty world book, uh, the, the Apple computer of my era. And the, I may, literally went to the doctor's office with a list of 25 or 30 sports. We went down sport after sport after sport. And he, uh, he said, no, you can't do any of this stuff. And we got to golf, and he had, he wasn't a golfer, and basically uh, convinced him to let me try it. You know, if I rode a cart and used the crutches and whatever, uh, he had no idea the stress it put on my, my knee. Um, but that's how I got started, and I threw myself into it, and uh, four years later, I was a state champion. So it was <laughs> the worst thing, and I use this a lot talking to kids that, the absolute worst thing in the world that could have ever happened to me maybe ended up turning up maybe being the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. Four years. That's a, that, that, that's, um, that's a pretty rapid ascension for those of us that have been working four decades just to break 80. Um, <laughs> well, you know, seriously, I was, I was a good athlete. I, I played a gazillion sports. And when you, when it's the only thing you can do, I mean, shoot, I spent, I, I I went to the golf course in the morning and someone picked me up when it got dark. You know, I'd play 36, 54 holes a day, chip and putt, do all kinds. Wow. Of, and, uh, you know, it was the only thing I could do. And I threw myself into it. And, and I think I got some great coaching early on um, from, the, from a guy named Lee Milligan, who was my only real coach other than my dad for 50 years. Um, and got me doing some th- things proper early on and I improved and I think that's the biggest thing is if you're improving and you can see the improvement and you put the work in and you can see it week after week after week getting better it's easy to come back and keep working hard I feel like the guy that knew you at 12 and 15 sometimes is the most trusted voice and I I don't care how good Butch Harmon is or some of these other guys is like maybe that's the guy who should be in your ear the whole time all the time well I was lucky that that the guy that worked with me is named Lee Milligan. Um, he was uh, a, had a great concept of what he thought you should do to try to play the game well. And a lot of it was just real basic fundamentals. And then, um, you know, we sometimes you can listen to somebody you don't understand at all what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. We're 
wavelength from day one that and he actually took me to see Manuel de la Torre a uh, real famous teaching yeah. hockey uh, when I was like 16 just to make sure that we we're on the right on the right track and uh, Mr. de la Torre thought that, yeah I was I was doing great and moving the right direction and uh, that just enhanced the confidence that I was getting from Lee and uh, you know, we had a lot of fun doing it, and and he was a, a master of the short game, and I learned a lot of stuff around the greens from him, and uh, besides full swing stuff. But it was a a great relationship that you know I, I miss him every single day. I go out and hit balls now, wishing that he was there watching. <laughs> so, Andy, I've lived in Wisconsin my entire life, and John rips on me because that didn't start until 1983. Uh, and I had to do a little uh, educating Trevor uh, on uh, your victories in 78 and 85 of that U.S. Open Championship because I was two the second time around. So you missed the lilac pants is what I'm saying right now, <laughs> Trevor. Right? Got it. Bold we, fashion well, statement. Like you, so, were cha- you weren't champagne Tony Lima, but you were nice. Hey, I was good. I had some great stuff. Some- <laughs> I did see that in my research. All right. So we talked about this whole thing with the internet and and all that. There's this thing called trolling nowadays where people troll people on the internet. Andy, you got trolled by this announcer when you won the 85 championship. John, have you seen this? This guy goes, never, when Andy had this putt to win the 85 U.S. Open, he says, never, ever give up. Not after a string of injuries, not after a seven-year drought. And then he says this. Not after you hit every bunker on the golf course. What the heck? Who was this guy? That was the truth. I was terrible on Sunday at Oakland Hills for my second win. Absolutely terrible. I, I, hit, I hit it beautifully the first three days. And the last day, I woke up and it was one of those days he just didn't have it at all. I hit a shot out of a fairway bunker at the 12th hole and things kind of felt like it, it was in the right place, and I actually hit some good shots the rest of the day. So, thank heavens you figured it out at some point in time. But I was a, I was, I made, I think I made eight bogeys that week for the week, and I made five of them that day on Sunday. Wow! So then Maybe Trevor's more. not going to know this. So Hogan wins there, right? And he says, "I brought the monster to its knees." What did you say then when you put it out and won? Yeah, I was just happy to get it over. I'm glad there wasn't another hole or two, but. I, 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 that was, I was the first guy to finish under par in a major championship there. Um, so that was kind of cool. Uh, Hogan didn't do it. Littler didn't do it when he won there. Goodall didn't do it when he won. So, you know, that was neat to do it. Steve Jones shot under par when he won. And then, you know, since then it's, uh, the game's changed. It, it, it's, it has, right. Because I watched these guys the other day with that ball and the clubs they have, it, it makes the game easier. I don't care if it, it's not just making the game easier for me uh, recreationally. If you're really that good, it the game is easier in some of those places. Well, you brought up the fact that you think it helps you. I don't think it's helped the average player anywhere near as, as much as it's helped the really good player. Right. Our guys can create so much speed uh, with this new equipment. They can hit it at eight miles. And that's that's how the game's changed so dramatically is that – you know, you just blast it down there as far as you can hit it and, and you wedge it on the green and you, you move on. But uh, it caught up to guys yesterday. I'm still a f- firm believer that if, if you can put it in the fairway, you've got a better chance to win. And then if you're in the rough all, all day long. 
it, it, just to give people an example of how hard that is, and and Trevor, I, I don't mean to name drop, but Andy, when we were sitting out there one time at Open, Curtis Strange had said to me, he said, people talk about how well you have to drive it. But he said, it's really hard around those greens and where the pin position is. If, he said, if I gave you the ideal, I'm going to walk it out every hole and I'm going to give you a 250-yard drive because that's what you might be able to hit if you're a pretty decent recreational player. I'm going to put it in the middle of the fairway, 250 yards out. He goes, and I still don't think most people can break 100. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That's That golf course last week, if you take a, a decent what – I, what I wanted to do and I proposed to ESPN about 20 years ago – the day after the U.S. Open, let me take a six handicap, a 12, an 18, and a 25 mm-hmm. and have them go out there and play the golf course. Same tees, whatever, real rules, count shots, have to putt out, whatever. Mm. And I think they'd shoot 20 shots over their handicap. Yeah, you, would, you, would, you wouldn't get done. No, it would take <laughs> run out of if, – if you only had so many balls to start with, you'd run out because – yeah. Um, you know, it's it's hard enough to to find them when you've got people out there. <laughs> I'll be your twenty five handicap yeah. if you need a guy. There you go. Is that tro- is that trophy heavy? I never lifted it. Lifted it. Is it is it nine pounds? Yeah, not too bad. No, no. It's. I mean, you'd like to do some ten pound curls with one in each arm. That would be. A- <laughs> hey, well, you can <laughs> if in fact you had two. Yeah. So, by the way, here's the respect I get. Uh, when we were in Marion, Andy. They were out there, and, and so they have they're, – they're taking some NBC shots of Hogan's one iron. They get it out of the old whatever it is, golf house there in New Jersey, and they bring it down, and there's a guy with the white gloves, right, and he's sitting there, and it's got an unbelievable right inside the uh, – on the face, but it's a little inside towards the heel, right? I was really surprised that it was not – the sweet spot's not right in the middle. So here's Hogan, and, and Curtis walks up there, and he said, may I hold it? And they look at him, right, because he's like you. He's got two. And they give him the white gloves. And he, sure, here is Mr. Strange. And he and he holds it. And he's looking. He goes, that's just amazing, you know. And so I go, may I hold it? And they go, you go to hell. <laughs> I didn't say, hey, can we drop a bucket of them and let's just hit. I just yeah. wanted to hold it. Yeah. I was I was denied. That I was not afforded that opportunity. Well, Curtis obviously didn't fight very hard for, to help you. No. No, nor should he, nor should he when he comes through. So, okay, you, we're talking about how much has changed in the game. Andy, you just participated, and I know it didn't go the way you wanted it to, but in your sixth decade of playing golf at the AmFam Championship down in Madison, what has changed in six decades? Maybe is there like a top five list you could give us of the top five things that you think have changed? There's so many things that have changed. I think you, know, you, you can start with equipment. Um, obviously, there's been unbelievable changes from wood to metal, a wound soft golf ball to a, a, a solid or a multi-piece solid ball that you can control. The sp- you can make it spin whatever you want it to. Uh, agronomy has, has changed dramatically. Um, the tees now probably putt about the same speed as the greens did when we first started. <laughs> I mean, there, there are tournament courses we played that had single row irrigation systems. If they had irrigation at all, um, you know, so if you hit it in the rough, it was like concrete. Uh, you, you actually used to try to play shots down the rough lines, 
curving it toward the fairway so that the first bounce would be in the rough. It could gain you 15 or 20 yards a lot of times. Um, so, I mean, there's been so many different aspects of the game, the teaching of the game, uh, the video, and, and now they're, they're, they're delving into the analytics of it. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's so many different things that have changed, but still there's a, a person at the end of that club still trying to swing it. And if you can't swing it, well, it doesn't matter what you do with all the other things. <laughs> In my prep for us chatting with you, I was on YouTube today and I'm searching Andy North, just wondering what videos I'm going to come up with. And I clicked on this thing that said five super simple golf tips from Andy North. And I was like, all right, here we go. I'm going to improve my game. Four and a half minutes into these five super simple golf tips from Andy North, I was up to 37 tips. I was trying to count all the tips that were coming out of your <laughs> mouth. I don't stand a chance. Just forget it. <laughs> well, I think, you know, and, and technology is awesome, but you have to understand how to use it. And I think uh, this, just, this last generation of players have done a really good job of understanding how to use it. Uh, but I think... You know, some of the analytics stuff I think can get carried away to be able to take a five iron and hit it 150 yards, 170 yards, or 185 yards. And to the average guy, it didn't look much different. To me, that was fun uh, by curving it, by hitting it high, hitting it low, whatever you had to do. Uh, I think some of that art form has been lost. Uh, and to me, that was as much fun as, as shooting a good score is hitting shots. So you're telling me that you and Tom Watson didn't sit around talking launch angles in the in in the in the practice bay not, back in the day. Not any idea of that, you know. We, <laughs> we spent a lot of time pre playing practice rounds together. We we would hit a lot of shots and we'd have contests and we'd we'd have what we call call a shot that uh, you know I'd get up and you know I'm going to hit a 20 yard hook down the right side of the fairway and hook it back and then he'd try to do the same thing and. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff that I think it made us better players. Uh, but, yeah, we, we didn't delve into the, the technique of this. It was so much more feel and, and trying to figure out a way to get it around. You've played all over the world. I mean, that's part of being a, a touring pro and a good one. Um, I mean, did you ever think, here you are, you said you're growing up, that the idea that, that Wisconsin would host U.S. Opens, that Wisconsin's got the Ryder Cup coming, that it's hosted PGAs. I mean, that's pretty I, I, it's, it's, it's remarkable, right? That's, that, that, how does that happen? How does that happen where we are? It's shocking. Well, I think, you know, first of all, a lot of kudos goes to the Kohler family um, for working hard to get the, P, the initial PGA there. And that opened up mm -hmm. people when they saw uh gazillions of wisconsinites out there and uh, i mean we've got great fans uh, in every single sport i mean from college women's volleyball to the packers i mean it, it's full gamut people support it and I, I think that's one of the things that's so cool about uh, getting some of these tournaments uh, last year to, to have the Ryder cup in the middle of the covid would have been a disaster and it looks like we're going to be able to have maybe 40,000 fans there uh, this September, which will be a blast. It'll be so much fun. You know, it's just, it's, it's a great state for supporting their teams, you know, and it's uh, to see the Brewers wearing Buck uniforms, going, you know, going to the game before game seven. Uh, 
wearing Packer stuff before the playoff games. And, you know, those are those are things that are really cool. And, um, you know, to have three MVPs currently playing uh, in the state, uh, there's not a lot of places they can say that. And if we could only get Aaron Rodgers to wear red, huh? Oh, he wears some red. He He definitely wears some red. I think what we want him to wear is green and gold again. And we may touch on that when we come back. More with Andy North right after this. Helpful critiques, ideas, great stories, people we should know, the great bar in your town, the fish fry you want to know, the fish boil, anything that you want to reach out to us with. We are happy. We are here. You can be the inputters. We're here to listen. Shut up and sit down. Inside Wisconsin is brought to you by Baycare Clinic. We are back. This is Inside Wisconsin. It is the tweener time between segments with our guy, Andy North. Yeah. And it is time for our top five list. I've taken the top five list here the last few episodes. John, it is your turn. Tell us about your top five moments on a golf course. I told you, I thought it was so broad when you proposed this to me. And I'm like, what am I going to do about this? This is just too many. And, and like, like my list was so hard to compile that like Billy Casper, who's won three majors, two U.S. Opens, like Andy North, great story, not on the list. All my buddies from Mizzou and our, our golf trips to great places and imbibing, not on the list. My boy, Grandma Audrey, uh, Scott Rathlisberger, lives there in, in, in Green Bay. His son, Chad, does the weather there uh, at one of the local stations. Yeah, and, and all our great times at Crystal Springs Golf Course in Seymour, not on the list. What? The time I played and parred the 17th at TPC Sawgrass with Stuart Scott, not on the list. Well, then this better be a hell of a list. So here we go. So number five, I'm in Cooperstown, New York, and I make my only career hole in one. Yeah, see how far. So here's the deal. Hole in one. They're giving away cars on every par three for a hole in one. I didn't get a car. Why? Because I did it on a par four. What? Number 14, leather stocking golf course. You go up back all the way to the tips. It's about 298. We weren't up there that far. We were probably more like 275. Hello. Whoot, dunk. One, wow. I have one, I have one par, uh, one hole in one of my life. It's on a par four. That's incredible. All right, that should make the list. There you go. Uh, number two was probably a day that I spent on the golf course all day uh, with Chichi Rodriguez in preparation for this. I don't know that it's in print anymore, uh, but I actually wrote a golf book with Chichi Rodriguez. There oh. it is. Chichi's golf games you got to play, and, and there I am. Chichi, Chichi played the golf. I put the words on the page. You can still yeah. find it. It's out the there on Amazon. It's out there in places, but I wrote a book with Chichi Rodriguez. That's pretty cool. Great day on the golf course. Huh. Uh, number three is kind of a conglomerate, and, and it's a nod to Andy here. Um, <clears throat> and it's the time I've spent with him and Curtis Strange at the U.S. Open. Two of the nicest guys in the world. But when it comes to the U.S. Open, they are old and crusty, right? They are the two guys. They are the two Muppet old guys in the balcony. <laughs> they would always want the rough to be rougher and longer. Uh, they want par, par oh, seven over par to win every tournament at the U.S. Open. Otherwise, it doesn't count. They would really think it'd be great if you had a lot of ball with a persimmon-headed wood. Um, but they're just really good guys, and they just tell great stories. And uh, they're just they're just wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, and when uh, 
Curtis Strange one time. My buddy was at the thing. He's at the open. I think we were in Pinehurst, and I said to my buddy Raj, I'm like, hey, are you a shot maker or are you a ball striker? And he goes, oh, I'm a shot maker. And Curtis just shoots at him. He's like, is that because you have to be? Um, just they're wonderful guys and wonderful times. So whether it was Beth Page or Pebble Beach or Marion, um, all those places were great. So they're kind of fun to watch that. They're really like they should really have kind of their grumpy old men show. That would be really funny if they did that. Uh, number two is just, and I don't pretend to know this guy great at all, uh, but I've been fortunate enough to see Tiger Woods hit a golf ball, and that would should be on everybody's top list. That's at number two, Tiger hitting a golf ball. I was lucky enough to watch Tiger hit a golf ball in the hole for a par uh, for a hole in one on 16 that everybody goes crazy with at the Phoenix Open years ago. I was there. Uh -huh. uh, I was fortunate enough to go out and shoot a ESPN Sports Center commercial uh, with him and Stuart Scott out in Las Vegas. Um, Stu did the one where he's got his gallery behind him everywhere he goes. Um, and then I did a little behind the scenes bit with Tiger, which was great. That's on a DVD somewhere, um, which was really kind of fun. Uh, we shot the only one of the few commercials that never aired, um, which I'm not really sure at liberty to give away here, but I'll tell you someday. Uh, and then I was really fortunate the one time I got to go to the British Open. And I was with Scott Van Pelt, who knows everybody on tour because he's covered the, the tour for 30 years. And he's like, let's go say hi to Ju uh, uh, Joey LaCava, his, his um, caddy. Uh, by the way, Van Pelt shows up in Scotland, flies all the way where flies and has $40 on him and owes Joe LaCava $40 because Scotty's a Washington football club fan and Joey's a Giants fan, and the Giants have beat the Redskins twice. So he comes over, he goes to Scotland, he's got $40, walks over in St. Andrews, and gives the money to, to LaCava because he owes him. So now he's in Scotland with no cash whatsoever. But we're walking there, and we're going down, and Tiger is making great conversation and very nice. And I mentioned something about my daughter who does not like golf at all. And he says to me, uh, he says, yeah, John, you know, my, my daughter doesn't like golf either. And he goes, because when she sees my golf clubs, she knows dad's leaving. Oh, wow. He's got to go to work and leaving. And I thought, here's this guy, all the money in the world. He had had his troubles, right? This is the most recent one at St. Andrew. He had had his troubles um, with the divorce and the family. It was before the most recent car accident. But I thought, at some level, you can admire how well he hits it. You can be mad because of what he's been. But he's a dad, you know, and he said, my daughter sees her golf clubs. This was, you know, she was seven, eight at the time. She's older now. Uh, and he said, and she thinks, oh, golf, my dad's leaving. And that always struck me. So from that poignant little one, the number one thing I've ever seen on a golf course or been a part of uh, is at the ocean course uh, in Kiowa Island, where they just had the PJ championship this year. Yeah. And, and I've been fortunate enough to play there several times. I have, uh, a, a place near Charleston. And so I'm on the back side, the 10th tee, and I'm with a caddy and a couple other guys that I don't know that I've just been paired up with. And the caddies are always great. And <laughs> you know, I shouldn't laugh at your own stories, but I'm going to, so here comes this little fawn. Oh, look, there's a nice little, you know, look at what a nature program and the fawn wait, you know, where there's one, there's two. So you're waiting to see where the mom is. And the fawn goes down to start drinking out of a little pond, little, you know, Little, little swampy pond area. When a giant alligator jumps out of the water, grabs it by its neck, and pulls it under. And there's thrashing and violent thrashing and turning. And I'm in the middle of wild kingdom. 
And this alligator takes down this poor fawn, and then it's under the water, and it's gone after about a 30-second struggle. And I look at the partners, and I look at the caddies, and I'm like, okay, am I horrible? But was that just not the most awesome thing I've ever seen? <laughs> like I just saw Wild Kingdom. I saw a nature special on number 10. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Oh, and my I God. Bar four, and I know Andy North, and I've seen Tiger Woods. Alligator <laughs> takes down a fawn. National Geographic with John Anderson. Wow. And did anybody else react, or were you the only one that just we sat there and went, what the the We were all just like, oh, my God. We're looking <laughs> at this, and we're just like, you know, you're like that. You're crazy. You're screaming like, look at holy. You know, and there was cursing and screaming. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And then we, we just, it was, uh, I don't know that that can be topped. And I don't know that I should, and again, and I don't know I should be proud of my reaction that I thought it was awesome. I think at some point maybe I should, you know, but I don't know who am I to get in the way of Darwin or natural selection. These are things that happen. Guess what? You weren't going to do anything anyway. Oh, wow. Circle of life. Circle of life. Well, let's see if Andy North can beat that. Shut up and sit down. We are back. This is Inside Wisconsin. Trevor Thomas, John Anderson, Wisconsin native and two-time U.S. Open champion Andy North joins us on today's episode. All right, Andy, so we were talking about the Ryder Cup and it coming to Whistling Straits in September and how we're actually going to be able to have fans. It's going to be great. But let's talk about Steve Stricker for a second, knowing that he, too, is from Wisconsin and getting to captain the Ryder Cup in his backyard as a guy that paved the way. What does that mean to you, Andy? Uh, that's really neat. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to serve as a, as a co-captain with, with Steve and the 14 Ryder Cup team. Um, he, he has gr- the players have great respect for Steve. Um, he'll do a great job. Uh, unfortunately, too often the captain gets too much uh, <laughs> good, bad, indifferent, whatever it is. The guys still have to play. Uh, but Steve will do a great job. And to be able to be the captain in your home state and – He's been able to be captain longer than anybody. <laughs> he's, he's basically gone right. two captaincies, and yet, and we haven't even played yet. So, uh, no, it'll be it'll be really exciting for him, and um, he's been gracious enough to uh, give us some opportunities to be up there that week. So it'll be a fun week. Yeah, and, and listen, he is a terrific golfer and a terrific guy. And as Wisconsin golf goes, right, last week, uh, you did not win at the AmpFam, right? But our boy Jerry Kelly did, didn't he? Yeah, it was a great week for that. Um, you know, Steve played nice on Sunday and finished the top 10. So those guys did what they were supposed to do. The other guy didn't handle it very well. So, <laughs> so Listen, I don't think anybody was expecting that you were going to go ahead and win. I think it's great that you went out and played, you know, that we, that we came through here. And so, uh, yeah, we got the Ryder Cup. We've got – when I see whistling straights, by the way – um, and I don't want to make anybody at Kohler angry with me. I love the straights course, but I tell people when you look at the straights course, work with me here, Andy. I don't know. I say that's not really what our coastline looks like on Lake Michigan. That looks like the Michigan side. I said, I think I prefer the river course because you go out there, right? And that's what Wisconsin looks like. Yeah, the river. I think the river course is more, dif- more difficult. Um, yeah, it's hard, but it's beautiful. But like, if you want to tell people, Here's what Wisconsin looks like. You could see a guy in a tree stand up there, maybe, you know, if, if that was allowed, right? I, I just think that's that's more of what our topography in Wisconsin looks like. If you want to feel for Wisconsin, it's not the straights course, it's the river course. Well, and the river course, we, we used to play uh, 
one of the qualifiers there for the world match play back in the mm-hmm. around 2000 somewhere. Yeah. Um, and the guys really struggled there. They can set up the river course where it's almost impossible. Uh, the greens are treacherous to putt. They don't have great big moguls and mounds and stuff in them, but there's a lot of little stuff there. When they get up to 13 on the stint meter, they're almost impossible. And the guys really struggled there. And they basically said they didn't want to come back <laughs> hard. So, uh, but that is, that's, that's really a, a Wisconsin golf course. Let's talk more Wisconsin. I'm going to reach back over here because in addition to golf, right? And I don't ever think of you a Gator, right? Here's, here's, here's our man right there to Badger game. He was very nice. Uh, I got to sit with him, uh, entertain me, even though we went to the Northwestern game and they decided they didn't want to score any points in the freaking first half of that game. Um, I, I don't think I've ever seen a Gator clap. I know you played there. I don't think of you anymore at a Gator than I think that you can fly. Uh, how did you get yourself so ingratiated into the athletic department there uh, from top to bottom, especially basketball? Well, I, you know, it's, it's, it goes way back. My, my dad was a coach um, at High School, both football and basketball, and then left coaching after he, he brought a team, a, a team to the state tournament two years in a row in Madison and then retired from coaching after that second year and went back to the university and got his PhD and then was a professor here for a bunch of years. And all his friends were, as he would say, jocks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dining Mansfield, the baseball coach, uh, a guy named Dutch Leonard who owned the biggest sporting goods store in town, and uh, George Christ, who was an assistant football coach, and you know, guys that were in athletics that he had known through his coaching. Uh, so, you know, I was, I was always around, um, as a kid, I went to, you know, I sat up in the top of the third deck of, of the field house by myself when I was a kid going to game. Um, when we beat Ohio state, when they're number one there, I was in the building. Um, you know, really you're always around it. Um, you know, got recruited to stay here and I made a decision that for, from a golf standpoint, if I was going to play golf. I needed to go someplace warm. If I decided I was going to play basketball, I, there was a chance I might have stayed here and played. Um, but, you know, I've always been involved. And then uh, when we moved back into town, we moved in the same neighborhood that Dave McLean moved in. We got to be great buddies. I got involved with the football team and ended up being on the field as mm-hmm. a coach with them for six or seven years before Dave died. Uh, and then at that same time, Bo was an assistant who, you know, this is back in the late seventies when he was here. Uh, we, you know, we used to play Sunday morning. We had a game at, in the field house on Sunday mornings uh, with a bunch of the coaches and stuff. So, you know, I've been around, uh, they gave me a key to a room upstairs <laughs> to hit balls into a mat in the winter when I was in high school. So wow. I, I grew up in the back of the stadium, the back of the field house. And, uh, you know, the decision I made, obviously it was important to go to college in Florida. It was a, a great experience for me. Uh, had a lot of success there and it probably helped my golf. I don't know if I would be where I am without those four years in, in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I'm, you know, I'm badgered through and through and, 
Uh, I've caught a lot of heat when the two or three times that we've played Florida in the tournament, or we did a home and home with Florida a few years back in basketball. Uh, that didn't go well. When I walked into the, into the, the <laughs> tunnel center in Gainesville and sat behind our bench, that didn't go very well. <laughs> so you, and let's be honest, your access is second to none with all the programs. So I'm curious a lot of the times where we see you in the stands, we all are living that vicariously through you at these amazing games. I think of Kentucky and then the national championship that didn't go as well as we wanted. But I'm I'm more curious about what is your favorite Badger moment that none of us got to see that you could share a story? What's the best behind-the-scenes moment with Andy North? Uh, this, I mean, there's been so, so many. But I think the absolute best one, it, it might be my – my favorite athletic moment that I was involved in, it might be as means as much as maybe winning the opens. Um, in 1979, I made my first trip with the football team and, and it was Dave's second year. We had, Oh my gosh, we must've had 15 freshmen starting. I mean, it was boy, these were still kids. I mean, these were kids playing uh, we went over to Michigan. They just absolutely hammered us, fifty-nine to nothing. They scored two touchdowns in the last, maybe it was forty-nine to nothing. They scored two touchdowns in the last five minutes of the game, throwing the ball to run up the score, to to you know move up in the polls. And Bo Schembrocker was the coach. I was so mad. I went out and I jumped in his face and absolutely wore him out. Dave would to him after the game and he was one of Dave's he was probably Dave's best friend in coaching Dave wouldn't talk to him after the game so I took it upon myself to support my buddy and I went out there and I just got after him I mean absolutely just wore him out well so then the next year our guys grew up a little bit and this was the Greenwood Vandenboom Mohab Jostin Crummer I group of kids just Cole. they they the next year they played in Madison. These guys were all sophomores. And they, it ended up that they beat us about 21 to seven or something. Mm-hmm. But it was, a, it was a pretty competitive game. Our guys are maturing. The next year, we opened up with them. They were number one in the country. And we really prepared for them. Spring ball, the whole deal. We were like 18, 19 point underdogs. If you knew anything about football, it was the greatest bet of all time. It was absolutely the greatest bet of all time. Um, And we just absolutely manhandled. The final score was only 21 to 14, but we absolutely manhandled. Tim Crumrine must have had a hundred tackles that game. He was the best player, as good a player as I've ever seen on the football field that day. Um, it was amazing. We just pounded them. I think they got one first down in the second half. It was a physical beating like Wisconsin had never given to Michigan. And that locker room after that game, the same group of kids that two years later, two years before, got beat 59 to nothing or 49 to nothing by this team, now beat the number one team in the country. To me, that was one of the great moments of all time. Trevor, you see how side I am? Because this is educating Trevor. Because you know what else happened that year? They beat Ohio State. And Purdue. And they beat Mark Herman and Purdue. 
first time. And lost to Iowa and didn't go to the Rose Bowl. And I was at the Iowa game. Broke my heart. Best Broke my heart. Broke best. my heart. Number one to start the season. Took him out. I can see every butt of it. I can see every play. The best. Jess Cole was the Mondovi, Wisconsin, right? He and Crumry were teammates from Little Mondovi, Wisconsin. He was the quarterback. Oh, Trevor yeah. has no idea what we're talking about. He thinks that's right. Happened. I'm taking it in. It never happened. And the quarterback, if Randy Wright hadn't gotten hurt the week before the first yeah. game of the season. Yeah. I think that perhaps the greatest athlete in Wisconsin history, as much as I'd like to say it's Pat Mastorf, Matt Storff, it, it might be David Greenwood. Absolutely. I, I agree. Absolutely. He was he was basically drafted in all sports. Um well, here's a, a funny David story. Um, he used to go over during spring football. He'd go over. The track coach made him go. Yeah. He'd, he'd, he'd go over there in his sweats that he's going to practice for spring ball. And he'd jump six, nine once and then come over to spring practice. So he ends up, we go through a spring game. And the next week is the Big Ten must have been indoors. Mm-hmm that guy plays a football game and two or three days later jumps seven foot and wins the yeah. big Ten. Yeah. He was an unbelievable baseball player. Unbelievable. You know, he's a, he's turned pro John. He's a professional golfer. Right. And now he, now he does that. It's ridiculous. Yeah. He's unbelievable athlete, crazy human being, but one of my guys, you know, one of my group of guys from that year. He was terrific. And then we've seen this explosive growth in basketball, right? You mentioned 1979. I tell people all the time, if you remember the last game of the regular season, right? Wes Matthews and Stretch Gregory and those guys, they beat Magic Johnson yep. and and Michigan State team that went on and won the national title that year. Last game. With, I think, was that was that Cole uh, Cofield or uh, the coach? Um, um, but we kind of we had – he looked like he was going to be great. And then it looked like, you know, we kind of went down for a while. And then it looked like, oh, well, we got um, – uh, just was Stu Jackson, and he got the kid from um, Chicago, and like, oh, here we go, and then he was gone, and then we had Stan, and he was for a year, and it finally took Dick Bennett to get in there, and then it's just been this steady—I shouldn't say meteoric, but it's a steady rise. That that program now—that's a top ten, top fifteen place to go play basketball. If you look at over the last twenty years, um, you look at UW football and UW basketball. If you add NCAA tournaments for basketball, bowl games for football, there's nobody in the country even close to what we've mm-hmm. I mean, I think we've gone to 39 out of 40. And the next best is like about 32 or something. I mean, it's a joke. And then you add volleyball and hockey and so many of the other sports here. It's, it's amazing what's been accomplished here the last 20, 25 years. If you go back and look at not only the good t- – teams but the the great kids that have come through here that you know you're really proud of when you, you sit and listen to them after game uh being interviewed or or they stand up and are doing some amazing things off the field the the number of all big 10 academics and all all american academics it's incredible uh, it's absolutely incredible speaking of good guys can you name two players better than joe thomas uh, you know, there's not many, um, you know, we've, he, 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 he could arguably the best lineman that's come through here. We had a kid in that early year, Paul Gruber, that was a yeah. 
same kind of player, exactly the same kind of player. Went to Tampa and played 10, 12 years at Tampa. Was an all-pro and was really a good player. Uh, you know, there's been so many of those guys that have come through here that no one else wanted or they were, you know, they might have been three-star guys. I mean, J.J., for example, mm-hmm. here's a guy that he's tight end at where, Western Michigan or Eastern Michigan or Central? Central. He was a directional Central. Michigan. Uh, yeah, exactly. Something. It wasn't Ann Arbor, Michigan, is what it wasn't. <laughs> it, 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 it's, art, it's hard to argue that he's not in the top 10 defensive players in the history of the NFL. Andy, you have no idea how grateful I am that that answer wasn't as definitive as it could have been, that indeed Joe Thomas was the best he ever. He made play. a list of the best, his best five Badgers since, since uh, Barry took over. I took pre-Barry. And he took post Barry. He tried to tell me that maybe Joe Thomas was like the fifth best Badger. He he he's he just doesn't have a. I do know this at least. 2016, Andy, you had one of the most Wisconsin foursomes in the scramble for the AmFam Championship. It was you, Steve Stricker, Mark Tauscher, and Brett Favre. Please oh. share with us a story of that group. That was, you know, we've had awesome groups every year, uh, but that was the first year. Steve hadn't turned 50 yet, so the tour let him play that Saturday afternoon. And, of course, being the star and the host, he got Favre. And, you know, and Tauscher and I, they put the two cripples together. And, you know, <laughs> that's – that's so we, we made a really big deal, and we had so much fun that day. Um, Tausch is an amazing athlete. Uh, I don't think people have any understanding what a good athlete – Mark Tauscher is, uh, great feet, uh, great hand, eye, wonderful tennis player. Um, he really moves. I mean, you'd, you'd be shocked to watch him move. And so we, we basically named ourselves the Washington generals against the Harlem Globetrotters. And we got in there in their kitchen on the very first tee and we never let up. <laughs> we are all the time apologizing for <laughs> to be there and, you know, whatever, whatever. But, you know, I do believe that the Washington Generals beat the Globetrotters once in 25,000 games. Uh, <laughs> but it ended up that Tausch and I played great. We ended up beating them, and we never let them forget it. It was so much fun. You have a different relationship than than most other people with um, Aaron Rodgers. That's just a genuine good friend that you have. But as you look at this situation, we've got everybody sitting at a four-way stop. Right, Goody's at one, Aaron's at one, the uh, uh, coach Floor's at one, and Murphy's at one, and nobody knows whose turn it is to go. Right. Um, you know, as you see this, w- w- what do you make of it? It it really saddens me that it could ever get to this point. Um, uh, you know, I don't know all that much exactly what's going on, but uh, you have a sense of you know, like everybody else, that. You know, and it, it's in most cases, it ends up being a communication issue. And, you know, if, if you had better communication, maybe some of these things wouldn't get to this point. Let's just hope that they can figure out some way to make this work and uh, we can get everybody back and win a Super Bowl this year because, you know, they possibly could still do that. Last year was disappointing the way the season ended. And uh, there's a lot of guys that got some chips on their shoulders, and I think they're ready to really play some good football. So let's hopefully they get this figured out and do what's right. I was just going to say, it's the only four-way stop in the entire state of Wisconsin where the person's just going, no, you go first. No, you go. Go ahead. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's that Midwest nice, you know. Let's let go and no one will do it. So, yeah, I hope they get something figured out. And uh, you know, he he loves being a Packer and wanted to finish his career as a Packer. And let's hopefully something good can happen. Amen to that. Back to wrap up with Andy North after this. Helpful critiques, ideas, great stories, people we should know, the great bar in your town, the fish fry you want to know, the fish boil, anything that you want to reach out to us with, we are happy, we are here. You can be the inputters. We're here to listen. Shut up and sit down. Inside Wisconsin is brought to you by Baycare Clinic. We are back inside Wisconsin. Trevor Thomas, John Anderson, Andy North, lightning round segment three. Here we go. Andy, I'm a little more in depth with my lightning round questions than John is, but yeah, he doesn't see. know what a lightning round is. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's nor do I know anything from before 1983. Um, if you are going to be prophetic, Andy, because this episode of Inside Wisconsin is going to air after the match between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Phil Mickelson and Bryson DeChambeau, uh, what's your prediction? We'll see if you're right. We'll see if it ages. Oh man, I think that. I would think there's going to be an awful lot of smack talking. Uh, Mickelson, it had been fun to be a caddy in that group and add add fuel to the fire. Uh, but I'm going to go with Bryson and Aaron just because uh, that you have to do that. Sure. Yeah, you got to. It's pretty much required. Um, out of curiosity, I know you had two hole-in-ones on tour. Any in Wisconsin? I only had I had more than two, two on tour. Good gosh. Oh. Where'd you come up with that? PGA.com. Oh, We're maybe still... actually in rounds that in tournament rounds, maybe only two. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe good. after 1983 only had two. Yeah, that's true. That's exactly right. I mean, <laughs> did you look at, you know, did you look at like the 1980, I don't know, when was right. the book? 1965 or something? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Andy, mine are going to be uh, uh, quick and painless. First off, this is true. Uh, the weekend the Packers play the Steelers, Bucci and I are going, but we're stopping at Milwaukee Country Club and playing nice. uh, beforehand. Give me some do's and don'ts at Milwaukee Country Club because yeah. I've seen people get sideways there. You better be- behave yourself. Um, like wear <laughs> long pants, real shoes. Okay. Uh, carry, change your shoes in the locker room. It's one of the great locker rooms of all time. It really is a cool old locker room. You'll love it. Uh, that's not a place you sit out in the trunk and, and do it, but just try to behave. I mean, that's, I know for you two together, that's really hard to do. Yeah. So. We'll, we'll do our best on that. You touched on him. Tell people what they should know about uh, Manuel De La Torre. He was one of the wonderful, wonderful gentlemen, great, great pl- uh, teacher, obviously he taught tons of people all over the world, but he was really a good player, had a beautiful, long flowing golf swing, uh, competed against Snead and Hogan and a lot of those guys. He was uh, the real deal. Very good. Can you name one person in the world funnier than Scott Van Pelt? Oh, geez. Not, not at 11 o'clock at night after we've been there for 11, 12 hours. I can tell you that. Yeah, that'd be a whole other show. Got whole it. other show. Now I'm going to ask you real quick, the things that every other golfer would get, but, but that's just the joke. You get to play, you got to go play one more round. Where are you going to go play? Cypress Point. Very good. Where are you going to play if you're back home in Wisconsin? You know what? I might go up to Trapper's Turn uh, only because we just built a 12-hole par 3 course there that would be fun to play. 
Okay, good. Because I always think, you know, people go, when you go back home, if you could play again, would you go to the Straits or go to the Aaron Hills? And I'm like, no, I'd go to Village Greens where I grew up and played all the time just once because I'd like to beat the teeth off the thing. Who's in your foursome, your ideal foursome? Oh, gosh. I've been lucky enough that over the years. Right. I'm old enough now that I've actually played some golf with Sarazen. I actually played some golf with Bobby Locke, um, Nelson. the only guy through that whole period of time that I had never played with was Hogan. So mm-hmm. we uh, going from Sarah's and Nelson and that group of people all the way through Tiger and Phil. That's pretty cool. Um, but my group, probably my dad, probably Lee Milligan, my teacher, and maybe my granddaughter. Nice. That'd be terrific. And the last thing, and this is not a fly by night, quick lightning one. Um, you do so much good work for the carbone cancer uh, hospital people. Uh, just tell us what you're doing, what they do, and, and, you know, sell the hell out of it. Yeah, well, we're, you know, I think, one, we've been really lucky. When we started Andy and Friends, Andy North and Friends, 12 years ago, um, it was to just raise some money and help uh, some research at the cancer center. Well, uh, little did we know that we've got a lot of friends that have bought into this and over those 12 years, we've raised probably 12 or so million dollars. But the beauty of that money, uh, we had a Dr. Josh Lang just a couple of weeks ago, got a two and a half million dollar grant on a project that we gave him the startup money, you know, 50 to $7,500 start. So that 50 grand or a hundred grand turned into two and a half million. Uh, So, What's been really neat is that it probably averages close to every dollar we've been able to raise has probably turned into 15 bucks down the uh, the other end of the funnel. So, you know, that's 150, 200 million dollars basically that we've had our our fingerprints on, which is really proud of. And we're doing a lot of great things to help people. And, and you know, maybe at some point in time, we don't have to raise money to fight cancer feel like that's a great exclamation point. Uh, you're lucky we're out of time. Otherwise, I'd ask you how to putt. And I realize that that would, might, might, we don't have seven shows to dedicate to that. Andy North, you are the best. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Got to do this again. We'll do it from the basement of the cottage. Very good. Thank you, Andy. See you, guys. Appreciate it. See you, Andy. Bye-bye. Shut up and sit down. Uh, did I not tell you Andy North is right? He's everything I said he was. I can now see why he's like your third favorite thing in Madison of all time. That makes sense. And, and probably should move up on yours. <laughs> well, it's he doesn't necessarily think Joe Thomas is the best thing ever, by the way. I don't know if he he's that. better than a farmer's market. Understood. Okay. Uh, all right. There's a story, by the way, that is also better than a farmer's market. And it might top the stories that you shared earlier, although that one with the fawn and the alligator. Still ridiculous. That is nuts. Um, this is a John Wisconsin thing. There was a there was a time when uh, you spent some time on a golf course here in Green Bay, and you weren't golfing, J.A. Uh, and so I'm going to pin this on you. Hear what I did there? Pin this on you? Yeah. Tell yeah. us the story. Yeah, and I don't know that I, I, I should because I don't know at 56 if I'm proud all the time of 18-year-old John Anderson. Uh, but since you've asked about it and I told you about it, you said, we got to share it. And I'm like, I don't know that we got to share it. Um, but I'm reasonably sure that the statute of limitations on this should be over. 
uh, in what was an innocent homecoming prank for me and some of my friends at Green Bay Southwest High. I'll try to keep most of their names out of it. So we're out zipping around. And while most people would, you know, toilet paper houses, certainly a fun and, you know, a, uh, a nice prank, we decide we go pick up my buddy that lives over by Oneida Golf and Riding Club. So we drive down. We just say, oh, let's zip through the parking lot. That'll be kind of fun. And then we see on their practice putting green, they don't just have little lift out flag, you know, little cup holder. They've got legit flags there. And so now our minds start to work. I'm like, well, that, that would be all right. We're in my boy Pete's Valari Cruiser station wagon, kind of wood paneled thing. And so we, um, to use a caddy term, pull the pin on that one. And a couple there on that. And we might have gone on to the front nine and gotten a couple more. And so we have a fairly good number of these pins. And <laughs> put them in the back and we go drive it off. <laughs> and our mission now is we're going to go plant them in teachers front yards just to be fun. Hey, here you go. Come out in the morning. How do, what do we, what, why is it a golf flag? And why is it from Oneida golf and riding club? So we plant a couple of them and we plant one, we turn the lights off park and plant, you know, after we plant this particular one and now we drive away and we're going to wherever, you know, the next point of call is. And all of a sudden we see a, a, a squad car behind us, but we don't think anything of it. We're, we're driving. We haven't been drinking. We're just going, you know, and we make a right turn and the cop makes a right turn with us. We're like, okay, well now that's unusual. And so now he keeps, he follows us again and he, and we're like, okay, now we're really, and we turn into ninth and military um, where there used to be a pier one and, and the police officer goes in there too. So now we realize we've, we've got issues. We're like, holy crap, we are busted. <laughs> we are going to get thrown in jail. This thing, this has gone completely bad, and we are just flop sweats and terrified. And sure enough, boom, there go the, there go the bubblegum machine. The lights go on. <laughs> the bubblegum machine. Up top. So they, all right, we stop. We pull us out. We're there. Officer sticks his head in. And now I'm in the back seat, not the back seat, but the like kind of the payload, right? There's the front seat, the back seat, and then, then the back of the station wagon, me and my buddy. And we're literally laying down, right? As long as we can to protect and cover up the flags. Cause we've really got like three or four of them sitting in there. And the cop goes, uh, do you know why I pull you over? Right? They always ask you that question. And my friend Pete's like, I'll be honest. I, I have no idea. We weren't speeding officer. Have you been drinking? No, sir. He goes, okay. So here's what I'd like you boys to do. If you could, how about you turn the lights on your car when you go drive around? <laughs> uh, so we turned the lights on and we moved and we got back to Oneida and we put those couple of three flags back and we drove off. And honestly, between this group of four or five guys, uh, it had never been spoken about since. Uh, amongst any other people until I told you, and then you forced me to tell America's public. So uh, we did that. We planned, you know, we gave three or four back and we may have planted three, four or five um, in some teacher's yards. Uh, and so if you wonder where that came from, Jenny Jagir, that was us. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so, and, and now it's all out. And uh, like I said, we just all but wet ourselves. Um, oh man. And, uh, but we lived to tell about it uh, then. And we've lived to tell about it again on inside I Wisconsin. I would not encourage my son to do that. I would be disappointed in him, uh, as will my parents if they see this and now find that out, because my mother has no idea that happened. None. 
None. Oh, man, we are so thankful. All right. Yeah. Well, Luckily, she doesn't know how to use the interwebs or any of this other stuff. So, you know, it, unless it's, to borrow from Andy, unless it shows up in the, the World Book or Britannica Encyclopedia, she's not going to know. John, I don't think that's the only prank story that you have for us. So until next time, man, I hope you're well. And all of you, thanks for watching. Don't forget to subscribe below and share this on your social channels. Uh, and don't get John in trouble, as you were, Wisconsin. Inside Wisconsin is brought to you by Baycare Clinic. Shut up and sit down.